Tom. <laughs> that caught me off guard. I didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> that, was a, that was a new one for you, Steve. Uh, in old news, a few weeks ago, probably a month ago at this point, uh, someone made a guitar reportedly, uh, according to their own story, out of their uncle's human remains, out of the ribcage spinal column. This, and this story is hips. like... This story is ongoing because he he like said he was going to do it. Sounds like a big old hoax. And then he did it. And so the article actually that was that was mailed to us to talk about this um, is only like a week old. That article, right? Advice. I mean, it sounds like this guy is a serial entertainer. Like he's always coming up with stunts yeah. to do. Like there's a theory that he's this guy that made like a really tall hat. Mm-hmm. For the Guinness World Book of Records, so yeah, he's he's been up to hijinks before, making tall hats, and now making a guitar out of his dead uncle's remains. So apparently, it's probably not really his dead uncle, and who knows where he actually got the bones from? Sounds like um, sounds like they're real bones, maybe that were used for medical students or something. I don't know. It doesn't really matter to me. They might. Yeah. Who who knows? I mean, you could distress a, a model that's not made from real bones to look like this, too. Sure, sure. I'm just... pretty sure this is Billy Cardian. <laughs> it's just a new persona. <laughs> I would not be surprised. Although I think this guy's in Florida and Billy Cardigan is not in Florida. No. Also, I was actually for like for about five minutes, I was pretty sure Dave Hill and Billy Cardigan were the same person. <laughs> I feel like they should know each other. They definitely those, should know each other. Those two should get together. You should introduce them. You know I'll them both. Inter- I'll introduce them to each other. Yeah. Yeah. I'll definitely do that. Uh, Dave Hill, if you're listening, Billy Cardigan, Cardigan, if you're listening, I think you guys should know each other. I think you guys would be good friends. But anyways, I'm more interested in talking about because he did actually make this guitar that features a rib cage and a spinal column and what do you is it the hips is it the hip the hip the the hips the pelvis the pelvis the pelvic bone that's what i was yeah, looking the top for part of the pelvis do you think he did it the right way is what i'm wondering did he did he make a guitar out of human remains right <laughs> Is my question, and if you were going to make a guitar out of human remains, uh, what would your build style be? No answer from Steve. I would make a banjo, and the uh, the skin of the banjo would be human skin, ne- Necronomica style. Oh, <laughs> it would be a haunted cannibalistic banjo. Oh my gosh. the the bad thing is i was thinking about like oh there's there's like you got if you want to just use human remains broadly it's like oh there's probably something in here where there's like use the skin is like you know we had it was like two weeks ago we had like a leather bound guitar yeah yeah you know or like actually you know speaking of dave hill why not make a guitar strap out of human skin out of human leather why not that yeah you know, uh, I'm pretty sure Buffalo Bill was the hero of Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> he was just living his life. Right, right. He was like, just put the lotion on your skin. It's yeah. good for your skin. Just someone living their life, good. not a cell phone in sight. <laughs> I watched that movie in a hotel. 
<laughs> while so back. this guy so what's going on this guy uh is is might be rod stewart he definitely designed a 15 he maybe designed a 15 foot nine inch tall top hat and walked the required distance of 10 meters while wearing it i feel like i feel like i could beat that i think i could make a 16 foot tall top hat and beat him but can you walk t- walk ten meters? Yeah, I think I can walk ten meters with a top hat on. 10 Steve meters is pretty far. I'm pretty sure I walked ten meters before, and I and you know, maybe I wasn't wearing a top hat, and maybe it wasn't sixteen feet tall. But I'm pretty sure I could make that happen. Pretty sure I could do that. So we know this metal guy lives in Florida. Okay, so I would say like I one of the problems is my thought was uh, my original thought was to like use uh use like the leg the femur as the neck like mm. as a neck now i guess he does have the neck as a literal neck so that's uh punny enough there are there is precedent for there being musical instruments being made out of human skulls is this even this isn't you can't even play this no it looks very awkward to play because the bridge is like, up inside of the rib cage so you have to like wrap your hand up inside of the rib cage to strum the strings and also he made it a telecaster <laughs> which i feel like is the antithesis maybe that's that's like an extra joke from him is like i'm gonna make a metal guitar no, made it, out of human I remains mean, it's a telecaster it's a telecaster because the the pickup mounts to the bridge that's, that's enough only- to make something a telecaster in my book but I'm saying like that's why because the pickup mounts to the bridge like you have to do it that way. Right, right. Like you, it's there's it's, no material to yeah. mount the stuff into in a human skeletal system. There's not enough material. No, he does also to mount pickups. He does also have in. a uh, Telecaster plate uh, for the controls. Um, <laughs> I'm telling you, this is a Telecaster. Are you telling me this is a Telecaster? That's a Telecaster. I, I just, there's, I've actively avoided this story <laughs> until tonight. I think, I think that one of the things I don't like about it is it just feels like a continuation of the whole thing that's been going on for like two years now. Like, oh, I made a guitar out of colored pencils. I made a guitar out of jawbreakers. I made a guitar out of permanent markers. I made a guitar out of human remains. Okay. Yeah. These things get clicks on the internet. We get it. If I had the time, I'd do it too, but I don't feel like it, okay? I don't feel like making a mess and stinking up my house with resin, so I'm not going to do it. And then this guy comes along and makes one out of humor. What's the What's the next thing? There's I, ma- I made a guitar out of a living animal. I made a guitar out of a... Out of a out living of a, animal? Out of a turtle, but still alive. That's mean. I know, but that's where this is heading. This one upmanship... With these, I made a have guitar. You, have you seen that? Uh, people, have you seen the one where the guy has like a guitar? Is from like the seventies. The guy has a guitar suit. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's and like I the get, moon headstocks guitar. Yeah, and I forget what the I forget. He was in like a big band. Wasn't I, he an ABBA? <laughs> was it? No. <laughs> Every time I see that guy, like it, it I'm like, oh, like isn't that be. the dude from ABBA? But I, I think you're right. I don't think that's who that is. <laughs> Guitar suit, bass guitar suit, uh, was musician Dan Hartman. Um, I thought it did it say what band he was? I thought he was in it. He's definitely, I don't know. Dan Hartman, his name is Dan Hartman. His name is Dan Hartman. Oh, he was in Edgar Winter. Okay, there you go. 
He's a Edgar, he was Edgar Winner's bass player, and apparently this thing didn't really work. Uh, they said it was like one of the first cordless guitars, but I guess because the wires were like inside the sleeves and stuff, the dude was getting like shocked all the time, like little probably right, like right. little nine volt battery shocks, but still not not a thing you want. No, it doesn't sound convenient or practical. I just don't know all. what to do with this like. I mean, the biggest body guitar thing It's it's clearly not a practical guitar. It's clearly like a stunt that he did because he knew it would right, get him attention. Here we go. Here okay. we go. Uh, flip the whole thing upside down. So you have your neck and the headstock is like the the neck is your tibia fibula. Uh-huh. So your calf, your shin bones. The headstock is the foot. Um, and then basically the body is still um the body the main portion of the body is the femur um but because the knee is still uh in place you probably have to like employ a little bit of latex uh rubber here all right um to i'm trying to visualize what you're talking about to like have the tendons okay um and and uh and so now your guitar body will can like can like flex down and you can like if you if you oh, okay. need, if you need it to be a full size guitar, you keep the femur out, and you're oh full size guitar. If you need it to be a travel guitar, you just crouch. You basically crouch your guitar. You you bend that femur in. Now you've got a travel. How about guitar. a stand up bass that's made out of a full skeleton that's standing up? <laughs> See that? That's what I'm talking about. I'm in. I'm in. You know what? You can tell that this guy's not serious about this project. Because if he was serious about it, he would have made it all out of human fingers because that's where the tone is stored. <laughs> tone is in the fingers. Why wouldn't you make a guitar completely oh out of fingers if you want maximum tone, right, guys? Ridiculous. He's just doing a stunt. Maybe, it's a meaningless stunt. He, maybe, didn't, uh, he didn't achieve anything. Make it out of fingers and then you've done he something. Was like, what if he was like, he just heard it wrong and he made the entire guitar out of toes because he thought it, he thought people were saying toad isn't a uh, toad is in the thing. Uh, toad is, toad in, the, is in the fingers. Oh, that no. it doesn't work. Tone is in the. Uh, are you saying tone is in the toes? That, I was trying to say toad is in the fingers, but then I realized after I worked the entire joke out that it's that toad, that toes can't replace tones. Right. Tones, toads, toes is in the fingers. Toes are in the fingers. This joke is. <sighs> D-O-A, Steve. <laughs> I'm drinking this episode, and I didn't even say that. Somebody told me that I needed to drink more coffee before our show episodes because I ramble too much. Would that stop you from no, rambling? No, it would be worse. That's Jeez. why that was my response. Is I was like, but get that guy a coffee. He's always rambling, and like Ryan has to reel him back. And I'm like, coffee would be worse. I'd be bouncing <laughs> off the flipping walls. <laughs> Good grief. Or I'd just um, be like, <laughs> we are the way we are because we're not broadcast professionals. We choose to do this because it's fun for us, not because we're good at it. Okay. So just deal with it. You're dealing with an amateur, very successful podcast here. <laughs> the best kind. <laughs> but yeah, I, I clear to me, it, it feels like this guy's doing a gag a bit to get, you know, internet notori notoriety I mean, I mean, and fame and stuff like that. But, but it, you know, to be honest, I mean, it's a fun gag. And it's a fun, yeah. It's I a, hope it's he a didn't fun gag. I hope he didn't murder anyone to get this this rib cage. I mean, aren't isn't like Guar is like they're all space aliens or something? Yeah. 
I don't know what the story, you know, I don't know what the story behind like the masks and Slipknot is, you know. Uh, I think they're just shy. <laughs> they're, so the the idea of like, you know, creating characters for the, actually I, Slipknot. The reason for the mask is because underneath their masks, they're too attractive, and they were afraid people oh, wouldn't okay. take them seriously. They're all underwear models in uh, in their real jobs. Slipknot is just like their gag thing they do yeah. on the weekends. Yeah. Um, the Wes Borland, he in from Limp Bizkit, he always had like uh, the contact lenses mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. face paints, and and basically what I'm saying is like shtick is very much like in like theatrics. Oh, I have no I, problem know, with shtick. Kiss. Yeah. You know, uh, this is the only reason that this is a, a headline thing is because this guy's not famous. If if Alice Cooper's guitarist came out and was like. Yeah, this is my new guitar. This is my uncle skeleton. You mean Nita Strauss? We'd be, That's well, I mean, I'm thinking Al- like I'm thinking like back in the day, but oh, okay. sure. Now Ibanez, Ibanez, I think what Ryan's trying to say is Ibanez's new signature Jiva uh, Jiva guitar is a uh, is actually made out of a uh, human remains. Human remains. <laughs> I mean, we've seen plenty of guitars that are sculpted to look like bones and skeletons and skulls and that's a george, george lynch thing and human yeah. bodies we'll get to that in a yeah. bit this is the human body episode guys <laughs> how many bones are there i don't know like disgusting 309 do you prefer your guitars with, 206, with bones or boneless <laughs> <laughs> there's no such thing as boneless guitars ryan those are just chicken tenders that are cut into shapes those are just guitar nuggets. Guitar nuggets. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I, from now on, we have to tell people, oh, yeah, I play boneless guitar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you play boneless guitar? Oh, man, I don't touch a guitar that doesn't have bones in you it. Know who, you know who plays boned guitars? Oh, where is this going? All those idiots that name... This this is Sheila, my hot red Stratocaster. I named this one after my second girlfriend because I like to feel rejected by her. <laughs> somebody, you know, I, I'm very somebody uh, totally. Uh, you know, here's my ramble. Here's my nineteenth ramble. For He's rambling. Here we go. Uh, somebody, I think, asked you rambling about, row about naming guitars and. Um, is it row or row? It's I row. Rambling row. Um, and I, you kind of have the same answer that I I do is like, oh yeah, this guitar back here, yeah, it has a name. Its name is Red Jaguar. <laughs> it came from the factory with the name. Right. It was already named Red Jaguar. Yeah, you know, I, I I name things. I refer to them by their brand, model, you know year or era or something like that like when i talk about my I was gonna sonic, be real embarrassed I'm if like, i turn around and that was a jazz master i'm like oh yeah you know my 90s mexican duo sonic that's the name of it that's what i yeah. call it i have had names for a couple guitars i like big red yeah i don't know I you th- don't know what that was i don't know why i named it that but it's just like oh here's big red and i don't know it stuck because it was hot and spicy like cinnamon no it's just red yeah <laughs> And it's like I don't think it's even that big. I don't think I've had a name for any other Should guitar. Should have named it Small Red. Yeah, it's not. It's <laughs> it's a lead two clone. But I mean, yeah, that uh, that's just like that's like a I don't know. I just the whole 
Remember when I stage dived and landed on that guitar, like a belly flopped on that guitar? No. When was that? At a youth group show that we played. What youth group? Years and years and years ago in your favorite band. Yeah, we played a lot of youth groups. I don't I remember know. that show. It was in that upstairs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I do. There's like that, that ceiling it, super low. No, they had one of these stages that was really only like a foot off the floor. And yeah. I got really super worked up and I jumped off the really super drunk. I wasn't drunk at all. We were in a church youth group. I jumped off the stage and I like belly flopped onto the guitar, onto the ground. I don't know. I was what in jackass thinking? mode or something. And I just fully <laughs> landed it on it. My full body weight. I was like, wow, I wonder if I just broke this. And I didn't. It was fine. Yeah. yeah. Guitar held up. Do that, Phoebe Bridgers. That was last week's episode. <laughs> Body slam a guitar at a youth group if you're so tough. <laughs> that's that's what you do when you know how to write songs like us. <laughs> no, it has nothing to do with writing songs because we did not write good songs. <laughs> I've got a job. I was I was thinking about that song the other day. Uh, we're moving on. I'm not writing this down. Whatever. Um, I was thinking about that song the other day. One. Uh, you know, I think I'm finally at a point where in my head, it just doesn't make sense. I still want to have a, your favorite band reunion show, right. but, but I, but I'm also like thinking of the, how ludicrous it is, how different it is when you're you a middle-aged man, singing, middle-aged man singing about how you have a job versus being like 22. Yeah. Singing. Like when you're like 22 and you're like, I went to college and now I have a job. I'm an adult deal with it <laughs> versus being like 36 and be like, no, it's going to be the same song. It's going to be slower. Like, I got a job. I've got a job. Yeah. I'm, I make no. money. No, you should just make it to be like how applicable it is now. I've got a job. I'm just going to change it to, I've got a mortgage. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I just, I've, I've got kids. Yeah. <laughs> I make money to feed my kids. <laughs> oh man. My kids have been destroying me lately. I've been like on the edge of mental breakdown. Thanks to those kids. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like my two year old is taking it out of me. She's hit this. I think, I think Henry did it. And now she's at that phase where she, like, I don't think she knows how to breathe without screaming. <laughs> like everything is a reason to scream this blood curdling. I mean, it's 2021, man. I think internally that's where most of us are at. No, I, she's, she's yeah. doing on the outside what I feel on the no, inside. No, that's what I'm saying. And it's just, it's too real. It's too much. Oh man. I'm, I am wrecked this week, last week too. It's, <laughs> It's been an adventure. It's I'll been say that. one week. <laughs> this uh, this ad was sent to us by. Did I put the the name? Oh, Justin Shack. Shack. Just says Shack man. How do we say that? Shack man. Justin Shaquille O'Neal. How did I? I got into a weird. Whatever. Place. Flying. This is a flying P. Flying P. Unknown brand. Flying V. With outside of Patrick soft toy taped to it. Happy to ship internationally. Please message me for a quote. So the listing on here is for uh, to ship for um, two hundred and seventeen dollars and thirty two cents shipping. They're asking for seven hundred and twenty four dollars and thirty nine cents. 
This is located in the UK, so that shipping is definitely just an estimate. It's a flying V that happens to have Patrick Starr from SpongeBob, like like a like a plush doll version of him. Yeah. That has been gutted. This is the body issue. That has been gutted and wrapped around a flying V. And just looks like it's duct tape on. Yeah. Well, I think that's honestly the best part of it is that this looks fully reversible in the ad. I didn't even screen grab any of the copy because there really wasn't any. No, I just read all of it. Oh, okay. Uh, did it say what the original guitar was? No, it doesn't. Right, right. So that's what um, I'm saying. I, uh, somebody like painted over the, the headstock looks painted over. I have a feeling this is like a, it's either an Epiphone or it's like a carnival flying V. And I bet this, this like Patrick cruises, no, like, you know, like a, like a County fair carnival, like yeah. carn is like a carny gave this to someone because they popped a balloon with a dart or they got a, you know, they knocked over mm -hmm. the milk jugs. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the guitar and Patrick Starr came from the same place. It came from the same carnival. Oh, that's yeah. actually not a bad take. And there's no way this is worth 500 pounds because of that. Because I don't think this is an actual like good guitar underneath this. It's my guess anyways. Well, I think it's a vintage Gibson. Whoa! And this is actually uh, worth like $3,000. And here's my proof. All right, I don't. I I will not be able to put anything there. There's no proof that I can put there. <laughs> no, this is definitely like the prototype flying V, the long lost prototype. Um, this is what it looked like. This is where they got the idea for Patrick Star. Is you know, someone knew about this guitar? This is the original. Both, yeah. Uh, both. This is what I don't know. Uh, this is the original flying V. This is a 1956 Gibson. Steve did not have to look up the first year of the Flying V to make I, that I joke. I don't know if that's the first year. I said 56 because I think the first year is 58. Uh, but because this is the prototype. I don't know. I think this is a fun project. Not for 500 pounds. Without telling, without telling anyone the make and model of the guitar, there's no way to this know its like, value. This is like $100. $100. It's missing about. the truss rod cover. The headstock looks like it was spray painted. Is this Willa Hughes flying V? The uh, the tuners look cheap from the three pixels that I can see. <laughs> um, Everything looks cheap. It's yeah, got strat knobs. This looks like one of those people that dresses up like Garfield in Las Vegas and gets drunk and lays on the ground. Why does it have um, three three knobs with only two pickups? There's only one pickup as far as I can That's know. That's what I mean. Why are there three knobs when there's only one pickup? Maybe it has a second pickup in the neck and they just, just didn't underneath want... underneath the shirt? Yeah, they didn't want to... Uh, uh, they didn't want to cut a hole in the or eyes. underneath, not a shirt, underneath Patrick. Well, that's why it costs 500 pounds is because it's got two pickups. You know, a single pickup guitar would be worth maybe 75 bucks, but two pickups, 500 pounds. All right, here's what this really needs. You got this Flying V, Patrick Star. You need a... Bo Diddley Bo, Spongebob. Bo Diddley Spongebob. Yeah. I knew where you're going with that. Boom. Yeah. And you could maybe do a strat, uh, a strat word. Strat word. Yeah. Strat word? I could see that working. Um, no, yeah. no. You got to do a, a Vox teardrop. Okay. Squid word. That could work. Yeah. That could work. What are I some like other Spongebob characters? Were you ever uh, a Spongebob fan, Steve? I was too old. 
I think I was too old. Uh, the squirrel. There was the squirrel thing. The I was girl. I was open to SpongeBob as like a college kid when it came out, but then I went to like a, a house party. Well, someone was like someone was like house sitting. A friend yeah. of mine was house sitting, and I went over and we hung out, and everyone like just kind of stayed up all night and we're just you know eating pizzas and partying and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And they put on SpongeBob like a marathon, like they had a DVD set. <laughs> And this must have been like 2001 or something like that. And I sat on a couch eating pizza and drinking, absorbing SpongeBob for probably like 10 hours. Mm -hmm. And I was all full and I'm still all full. I don't need any more full of SpongeBob. I don't need any more SpongeBob after, but not of pizza that mega binge 20 years ago. (laughs) So I heard SpongeBob gives you ADD. I already have it. What does that mean? I don't know. I don't know. No, there was like, I, I, I mean, I guess I can kind of see how it works, but I, I guess they went and like looked at how the show is cut uh-huh. and like the average scene length and SpongeBob is like so short that it like, it's like I, I don't, right. it's some ridiculous, like, oh, every- you don't have, you don't have to develop any sort of attention skills to watch it. And it's actually is detrimental to your yeah, attention. That's skills. what they try to claim anyway. I, I don't, don't think know. it causes Pokemon gives you epilepsy ADD in that it gives you a condition. I think that if you just expose yourself to that style yeah. of entertainment for a long time, then you lose practice at holding concentration, which is different than, you yeah. know, not having yeah. a, been having fair. a condition in the first place. That's fair. Yeah. Like you could um, practice at attention and get it back. I kind of want to see that, like that set though. The the and I want them to all be like dismantled plushes of the flying pea, the squid, the drop word. Yeah. And what would the what would the bow diddly? What would you call that? Um. The sponge diddly? I don't know. Sponge diddly. The Bob diddly. The Bob diddly. Oh, Bob diddly. Yeah. Bo diddly, Bob diddly. It's right there, Steve. Just waiting for us. Not the Bo Bob. The Bo Bob diddly. (laughs) (laughs) Call it the Bob fiddly. Bob fiddly? Got to change both words a little bit. Bob. Oh, Bob fiddly. I get it. SpongeBob fiddly. Yep. I don't know. I kind of want to see a yellow Bo diddly rectangle guitar. It probably exists. That in my mind, that sounds really sharp because usually they're red. I feel like if there's a yellow bow diddly, someone would just turn it into a minion. I want to see a gold sparkle, heavy, super you duper want metal. Everything flake. to be gold, I know, sparkle, but that's super what I want to see flake. now. Is I want to see a bow diddly in that style. I want to. I see, always wanted one. Of I want to see a gold sparkle, heavy metal flake, Martin D twenty eight. I do. You know I want to see that. I want to see every guitar in heavy metal flake <laughs> wa- gold sparkle. I want to see a heavy metal flake gold sparkle Gibson harp. <laughs> that does sound pretty fun. <laughs> oh, I'm trying man. to think of what the most ridiculous. Oh, uh, Dan, like a Dan Electro Coral. That doesn't sound crazy. That sounds fun. I can't think of a single guitar that wouldn't look good in heavy gold metal flick. Uh, I mean, I'm sure in your mind that, yeah, you're right. It doesn't exist. Freaking BC Rich 10. Oh, yeah. Why not? Every single guitar. should That should be the standard color that they all start in. And then you go from there. 
an, an, uh, an ovation. Uh, what's the balladeer? <laughs> the back, everything is gold yes. metal. Yes. Like, well, the back I want to be black, made out of black. actual gold, <laughs> a bowl of gold. Uh, let's see. I just can't think of any like terrible. I mean, it's like a port, it's like my own personal Portlandia joke. It's like instead of putting a bird on it, just put a gold sparkle on it. Yeah, yeah. I want a gold sparkle roadcaster. Oh my god! <laughs> Sinusoid had that that gold cable. Why didn't you that they were one? posting around? I I thought about it. You should get. One. I have enough cables, but I I legitimately you should get about one. It. But just it'll just be for your mic. Oh, I want, I don't want it for my mic. I want it for a guitar. Oh, I'm going to start, uh, my, my worship pastor hit me up. It's like, Hey, you want to start playing again? I was like, yeah, I do. Oh, cool. But they're still doing outdoor services. Oh, but, uh, I'm looking forward to playing. Speaking of which that could could be my what's new, but it's not going to be. Are we doing what's new now? No, we're not. Well, we could, I'll save for after we'll do what's new after this and we'll come back. Sponsorship. Uh, this week's first episode sponsor is big. Boom, ear, boom, boom, pedals, Grant and Karen make pedals. They make these pedals right here. The loaf, the Albert, and the L. Mm-hmm. They also make the wood cutter. Yeah. They also make the black Betty and, and the, the Betty, Betty White. White. Let's go check out their full range of pedals. Not the Buff Daddy. They're good, good friends of the show. They help us out. They support us, and they're our best friends. So go help out Grant and Karen by supporting the business that supports the programming that you love. Go buy yourself an Albi. It is a curated multi-effect pedal, jam-packed, full of ambient, new, wavy, sorts of modulated, time-based effects. You're going to love it. Go watch some demos of it. You could watch mine. You could watch someone else's. It's up to you. So anyways, huge thanks to Big Ear Pedals. Go check them out, BigEarPedals.com. Yep. Uh, so what's new, Steve? Uh, what's new is... Um this isn't really what's new, but you made me think about it with the thing you're saying is uh, the new sound guy at my church, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, knows. I think he he watches the show. Oh, I'm w- sorry. Subscribes to the channel. <laughs> um, and what I realized is I think I don't know if he now you have to find a new church. I know. I don't know if he uh, <laughs> knew about us before, but he because he was the sound guy at first Prez where they did the San Diego meetup last year. Mm, gotcha. Uh, that I think you co-hosted. Yeah, I attended um, it. I was there. I I saw on the invite that you were the co-host. <laughs> I didn't have any duties, but I was there. <laughs> did you make a duty? I did not make a duty there. No. I might have made a pee-pee. <laughs> I don't remember making a duty. Why are we talking about this? Because <laughs> it's the body episode. This is the body episode. Um, I don't. Uh, so that's it. That's all I got new. Oh, we got these books. Oh, yeah. So these books. So it's called California Pop, The Evolution of a Mid-Century Subcultural Southern California by Dorian McDougall, one yeah. of our listeners, right? Yeah, he he wrote this book and he sent us two of them. I skimmed it a little bit. Yeah. I, I handed it to you tonight, Steve, so Steve will go skim it a little bit. Yeah, it looks cool. It's about Southern California culture and... In like the mid-century 60s yeah. and stuff like that. Um, it actually looks like a book I would actually enjoy reading. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of books on a pile that I'm like, I'll read this someday. But this one, I might put on the top of that pile. Probably, I don't I know how to read. That's true. That's, you don't. It's not actually. I am literate. I just. I Barely. <laughs> I've never been someone who reads for entertainment outside of like short articles and stuff like right. that. So I don't know. I can. Re- I can read, guys. Believe it or not. I'd suck at spelling, but I can 
read. You read all those comments of people making fun <laughs> of you. I do read a lot of comments where people make fun of me. <laughs> so thank God I can read so I can experience those. Yeah, what's new with you, man? <laughs> uh, do I have a what's new this week? I don't know, man. I'm just living life, trying to survive. You know? Aren't we all? Aren't we all? Aren't we all? Do you want to do uh, this next uh, topic type thing? Um, this boxes thing? Yeah, we'll do this boxes thing. This might be a shorter episode, guys. Uh, this was sent to us by Michael Krauss. It is a... It's basically a copy pot pasta like what is the what is the root of that coffee okay okay oh of uh, the word copy pasta yeah it's just a big jumble of word mess that you just drop into a group mm. or a forum to just be like i'm a dick here i go <laughs> all right well michael kraus wants us to talk about boxes saving of boxes obsession of boxes and how a quirky little thing has gone too far this was a quote comment. Oh, this is this is actually something that he copied and pasted. Right. This was a comment posted on a local gear swap page, and I'll post it here, hoping that it will be read by one of you and add ten minutes to the podcast. Save your boxes. Isn't that like a JHS thing? Yeah, he loves his box. What does he he's, say? He's like, I got the box. I have the box. He's got box. he's he's got a box. He's got one of the boxes, guys. Do you do you save most? Do you save all your boxes? Most yeah. If I get something and it's in a box, I save the box because I know I'm going to sell it eventually. It's not because I care about the box. It's because I know it's easier to sell things when it has the box, even just for shipping purposes, because I ship everything in think, padded envelopes. Do you think Josh like, saves the box because it's like an obsession? No, like I think Josh likes to get the boxes because he's collecting vintage gear, and it's like, oh, I've got an extra piece of the vintage gear. It's like That's if you true. got That's if you true. got a, a you know vintage Strat, and it came with the case, and it still had all the case candy in there. Yeah. We've, I mean, we've talked about people selling, like, vintage Fender cardboard boxes. No, there was someone selling a Martin box. Oh, yeah, we Remember talked that about thing? that, too. And it was yeah. like a $300 Martin box. All right, save your boxes. When a flood in Boston in the early 1990s hit the basement storage in my brownstone rental building, I lost over 20 years of boxes from guitar pedals and rack mount gear. Gone was a complete set of 1970s MXR effects boxes, 11 in all. I had kept these since the late 1970s. Gone was the box for the original Proco Rat. I thought those came in wooden crates. I don't know. Virtually impossible to find now. Gone was... No, I'm not thinking of EHX. Someone's going to be like, he's thinking of EHX. EHX came in a wooden box. So I'm not thinking of that. Yeah. But he I could wouldn't. be wrong about Pro. He wouldn't dare Gone was that. a set of boxes from the late 1960s, early 1970s effects. Fox, Mutron, Vox, and more. That was a very black day. I have always kept my original boxes for not only all my pedals, but amps. Oh, what? And stereo equipment as well. Oh, man. Collectors will often pay a premium for pedals and other gear that comes with the original box. Over time, the boxes will become harder and harder to find. When I part with a piece of gear, I always price it higher if I have the box. This has consistently and always paid off. I price box items 20 to 40% higher. Well, that's bonkers. Sometimes more than the going rate. It does often require patience, yet I have never not sold a higher priced piece of gear uh, with the original box. Few save their boxes. It is a tip. It is typical to find guitar pedals, even those in the highest demand, uh, even those less than a year old, and even the more mass-produced ones for sale used without the box. 
I will often not pay the going price for these and will wait to find uh, one in the original box, even if it costs me a bit more. I know when I turn these around, I'll make the money back. Pedal boxes, even for pedals produced in large numbers, do not take up much room and can often be stored in a single large room. I don't disagree with that. I I took a big plastic uh, Tupperware kind of thing. It's like it's short, but it's uh-huh. long. It's like for putting under a bed. And I put all my guitar box, my uh, guitar pedal boxes in that, except for the ones that actually have pedals in them. I kept those in the house. Uh, even better, storing your pedals in the original box prevents scratches, spills, and other hazards from damaging these and lowering the value when not in use. Um, sir, all of your boxes were destroyed in a flood. If your pedals were in them, they would have been destroyed right. too. Uh, even if the pedal looks like a basket case, it is if it is collectible and in the box, um, uh, it can command a it can command higher prices than a clean example without a box. Which one is back? I'm basket sick, case? really sick of hearing the word box. What? Which one is basket case? I don't know. Um, I can only think of Welcome to Paradise. All right. Uh, if you had asked he in the 1980s if I thought original Boss made in Japan pedals would ever be collectible, I would have laughed. Not only were these produced in fairly large quantities, they were easily found. Over time, however, the best gear gets used. It gets beat up. Many examples of the most wanted pedals become harder to find. Now in the box, these pedals can demand often ridiculous prices. I have bought trash pedals just for the boss. This is a long-ass copy pasta. I can then place a much cleaner example I find in the box and demand a much higher price. There are many boss collectors all over the world. They consistently pay more for boxed pedals. On that terrible day, I also lost the original box for the first issue I'd been as 808. I had bought it in a music store the same year it was released. When my guitar teacher said if I want to add a little over, if you when my guitar teacher said, if you want to add a little overdrive, try this. No big deal, right? It took time to reach high demand. Even in the late 1990s, one could find a min example for five for fifty dollars. I still own the pedal without the box. $1,000 is now not now a rare price point for an early 808. Save your boxes. Not only, only do not store them in a basement if there's any possibility of flooding, which there always is if there's a water heater or clothes washer there. Now I have an old dresser I bought just to store pedals in the box, in the boxes. The larger boxes for rat gear and others I keep in my attic. I do keep mice traps oh all gosh. around the collection. They have to go somewhere after all. I learned higher ground is better. This guy's house is going to get taken out by a tornado. And he's like, no, my box is. And then, and then he's gonna, I should have stored them underground then, in then a he, bunker. And he's going to take all of his boxes and put them in like a safe because the tornado won't be able to lift his like 500 pound safe. He's going to buy this gigantic like bank safe and it's just going to be full of empty pedal boxes i'm i'm all for saving pedal boxes yeah yeah they're small and you know for the most part most people don't have you know dozens and dozens and dozens of them most people have you know 10 or something like that and i this this this, is you can store that no problem but ant boxes i'm not going to keep ant boxes right guitar boxes That, that was like that was the point where i was like Come on, man. I keep a couple guitar boxes so that I can ship out other guitars, not because I'm storing them for yeah. resale value. But you know what? Like there is like uh, he's talking about collectible stuff. 
And it's like, if you, if you bought a pedal and you're going to keep it for 50 years, like you probably aren't going to want to sell it after 50 years because you've already kept it 50 years. So like the box is like not really that important. Well, I think the other side of that is like, is I can see that again, the value for certain things, the consumer, I guess I don't put like pedals in the same category as consumer electronics. I technically, I, they kind yeah, of like are. If you keep your box for um, the VCR you bought in the eighties, you're a psychopath. Yeah. You're a hoarder. Right. Like you're like, I, every time I buy a new computer, I keep the box in the attic for like a year just in case that, it, that it breaks. That said, like, I, I mean, I guess you don't know what pieces of, of whatever are going to become the next mini disc. Right. Like I'm sitting here looking at a roadcaster going like the roadcaster's cool. It's super great for what we do. Is it still going to be super cool and great for what we do in 10 years? Is someone going to care when I try to resell it and I don't like, have the box for it? You know, when I probably do have the box for when roadcaster, when road comes out with, you know, roadcaster four, is anyone going to care about whether or not you have the box oh, for your, your podcast original just isn't going to sound the same. If you're using a later roadcaster, you got to get the original roadcaster, yeah. you yeah. know, the version one with Apex yeah. on board. Yeah. Or you're just not going to get that sweet, sweet podcast. Tone. Class a servo biased preamps. <laughs> I don't know what those words mean. I, I mean, like I said, it sounds, it's a cool piece of equipment. It works great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think for pedals, the reason to keep the box isn't, I mean, collectability is fine. And if you're, yeah. if you're shopping for a museum piece to complete your tube screamer museum for some reason, um, yeah, yeah, fine. Go for the box. But for most people, the practical thing is like, if you sell it on reverb or eBay, you're going to be shipping it probably in a padded envelope and it would be nice to have some cardboard in there around the yeah, pedal. It's, it's practical. So why not keep the box, especially if you're someone who buys and sells all the time, of course, keep the box. Yeah. The other side is like, I know for your affordable board pedals, you don't keep the no, box. No, <laughs> I'm not going to keep boxes. And it's like 50 generic, like all the boxes are the same. They're all generic. What I do with those, boxes. eventually when I sell them, distribute them, whatever I do, I'm still going to throw them in a padded envelope, but I'll probably just grab a chunk of cardboard that I have around here, cut a strip and wrap the pedal in cardboard. Oh, I wouldn't and, even do that. And tape, oh, I'm not going to ship it loose, rattling no, around in a bag. Just take the pedal. Put it into a padded envelope, roll that up. Do the double envelope. Do the double envelope, triple envelope. I always like to put a little bit of- Do the Paul Pennington method. I like to put a little bit of cardboard in there when I don't have the box box, just to, you know, pad stuff. Well, you're wrong. <laughs> well, the first time I ever sold a pedal online, mm -hmm. it was one of those big um, Fuzzbrite things. Oh, not, yeah. Not an original Fuzzbrite. Uh, this is a Fuzzbrite clone. Yeah. Um, I had no idea how to ship anything. I went to the post office and I'm like, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to ship this and I'm not quite sure what the process is. The guy at the post office grabbed it out of my hands. He threw it in an envelope, no box or anything. And I, and he was like, what's the address? I was like, well, I guess this is happening. I guess I'm shipping it without a box or anything. Like I was hoping that they would have boxes. Did it show up broken? I could buy. No, it shipped. It oh, got okay. there fine. Uh, but I was so green at shipping stuff. I yeah. had no idea what I was doing. Sometimes I wish I kept that pedal. I didn't understand what it was yet, but uh, I had fun with it. At you the ever time. try to hunt it down? 
well, if I'm going to buy a pedal, I'm probably not going to buy a pedal I already had. I'm going to buy something I've never had. So, mm. and there's other fuzz right clones out there that I'd probably want to check out right. more. So, I don't know, hey, guys. Keep your box if you want to. Don't, it's not the end of the world if you don't like. Fuzz, don't fuzz bright, like, fuzz light. Don't first fuzz I fuzz tonight. I think you should. I think just generally, music instruments, buying them as speculative investments is a dumb idea. And you, I just can't imagine writing this long of a wall of text owed to friggin' tube screamer 808 bucks. Like I can imagine writing this, but I can also imagine getting halfway through and be like, okay, I'm drunk right now. I'm going to delete this. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine writing this, but I can also imagine like having the power of invisibility and flight. So, yeah, I can imagine a lot of things. I can imagine eating a pizza the size of the moon. That doesn't mean I'm going to do it. A little bit That's of a, a great comparison, Ryan. Yeah, a little bit of a rewind to what's new. Uh, I've had to move all of my nine volt batteries out of the drawer that I keep them in in my office because my two year old daughter who likes to, uh, I think she's got a bit of a uh, engineer's mind. She's figured out how to connect things and how to like press buttons and mess uh -huh. with stuff. She figured out that she can connect two 9-volt batteries together. Is that a bad thing? Yes, it is, because when you do that, they get very hot because they're feeding electricity oh. into each other. And so I come into the office, she's holding two 9-volt batteries connected to each other, and I'm like, oh, that's bad. She had a big old grin on her face. I grabbed it, and it was, like, burning she red hot. She was probably cold, dude. <laughs> I was like, you are going to start a fire if I leave you unattended with Your these batteries. Your office is on the north side of the house. It is the winter in Southern California, so your office is probably cold. You have a giant window in there. She was probably cold. She's like, Daddy, warm me. Oh, yeah, she was freezing. Oh. It must have been 64 degrees. She should have gone to Cancun like Ted Cruz. In this frigid house. That's old news when this episode drops. So not as old as Skeleton Guitar. That's true. That's true. I hope it's warmer in Texas Yeah. when Good this luck, episode guys. drops. Good luck on your journey. Um I'm just saying, next time you guys want to dump... I, di I didn't know that thing about 9-volt batteries, because I used to do that when I was a kid, and I, I don't remember ever noticing it. I think you have I to mean, leave them connected sense. for a while. Okay, I would just do it, and then I would undo it. No, I just do it like Legos. If you leave it connected, it, you know, it's feeding, it's feeding power back into the battery, and they get hot. But it's just going in a circle. It would do that. No, it would do that if you shorted this. If you put a wire across this, mm -hmm. this battery would get hot, or the, the wire would get hot. It's never thought about it. I just never, I guess I never did it long enough. I've never done the nine, like, you know, the, oh, you know, just do the old engineer's trick. Just put, you know, not sure if your nine volt battery is good enough for your pedal. Just lick it. I've never licked a nine volt battery. You have never licked a nine volt battery? No, uh, dude, I'm not licking. I'm not licking. Stick out your tongue. <laughs> Stick out your damn tongue, Steve. All right. All right. Stick out your tongue. Lick a nine volt battery. <laughs> Come on, you're we're filming right now. People got to see you the first time. You had to hold it there a little bit. No, I okay. I, I can feel that. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a thing. We're not gonna see your skeleton. Just hold it there for a second. Ah. See now you're addicted. <laughs> Can't stop. Won't stop. Okay, that's your battery. Now you're taking wow. that home with you. <laughs> 
send this send this to this week's other sponsor. Hey, who Chase wants to buy a nine volt battery licked ah. by Steve? There you go. Put that on eBay. <laughs> I can't believe you've never licked I've a nine volt battery before. before. I've never had the desire to. You don't have to want to do it to do it. I've, no one wants to do it. We just do no, it. Lots of people wanted to do it. They love doing they it. They might have wanted to do it for ulterior reasons. Like, I'm sure we have friends who licked batteries because they're like, oh, girls will think this is funny. Is that what girls think is funny? No. <laughs> but we have friends who thought girls would think it was funny. All right. A huge thanks to Chaseless Audio, our next sponsor, for once again sponsoring this high quality top shelf entertainment that you've been consuming. <laughs> Chase Plus Audio makes amazing pedals. Uh, the Thermate is one of my favorite delays on the planet. It does a really nice kind of like, it's an analog delay, but it stands up longer than like the darker murky analog delays out there. And then it has this whole section that does pitch shifting, two different levels of pitch shifting on the repeats. If you want to get weird, you want to shift it up an octave, a fifth, a fourth down an octave, a fifth, a fourth, and so on and so on. Sub octaves up and down either way, your delay repeats are going to go crazy this is a set ender this is a fantastic piece of engineering and honestly i love it i love the thermae so go check out the demos wherever you find them of the thermae uh go check out chase with audio if you've ever been thinking about buying a pedal to help support this show go buy a chase with pedal yeah. tell them that we go get you. on their email list so you know when the next uh, round of bliss factories yeah comes out. do that i bought this how much do i love chase bliss audio they send me a lot of stuff to do demos, but I bought this one. I used my money yeah. to buy this one. That's how much I love Chaseless Pedals. When I buy something with my money, when a demo guy buys something with their own money, you should pay attention to that. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. All right, this last ad. I don't know if I'm even in the mood for this. These are sent by Greg Straub and Donald Strayton. I think they're just posted in the group. Yeah. Well, they were posted in my topic call out. These are, they're titty guitars. They're guitars with breasts. One guys. of them is, says, uh, it's actually from the top guitar players community. It says, found this Tittenbacker guitar for sale online for 1500 pounds. You have to admit that's a good name. I'd feel, I'd, I'd feel a right tit playing this. I think that's a British slang. Um, I've never heard it before. I don't. I don't, I'm maybe it's like a pun. I don't know. I gotta say this guitar looks like it's probably well bet, well built. It's got fan mm -hmm. frets. Mm -hmm. It's got a really wild angle on that, uh, on that bridge to accommodate yeah, the fan frets. Odd, but okay. It's got one of those Bixby Sorkin bridges on there and a Bixby trim. Uh, the build of the body looks you know, it looks like it was made out of a really fine piece of wood. It looks like a really high end build, honestly. And then they had to go and basically make it look like the way I looked in high school when I would wear a t-shirt in the pool. <laughs> like, I don't think this is necessarily gendered. I think this could just be uh, a moobs situation. I actually think that it's more likely that this is reflective of male anatomy. It kind of looks more like a man than a woman's body. Yeah. 
in, you know, certain ways. It just looks like a, like a roundish man. Yeah. With a, with supple nipples. I feel kind of seen by this. <laughs> oh yeah. Not no. the, not the, not the chest, not the chest part, not that part. I'm, I'm a pretty thin dude, but, uh, up, uh, or across the shoulders, but, but I'm kind of round. I'm finished now. I wouldn't say that I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big boy now. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I, you know, uh, face the life realities that the true big boys out there face. But, uh, throughout my life, I've had a few heavy phases and I think this accurately represents places I've been in my life, especially when I was a teenager. Uh, I had some thicker times in my life. I had some thicker times in my adult life too. And this feels very familiar to me. This other one that you got here, which has a fender. No, this one clearly has some kind of fender neck representations of women's breasts on but it. But even this, like, it's almost like weirder. It's, it's like simultaneously like up. It's like, I see what they're going for. But I don't it's think like, this one is done nearly as well. I don't think, I think it's like leaning Picasso, but because it doesn't go all in, it kind of loses. If you're going to make a guitar with breasts, go all in, guys, is what we're saying. I'm just saying it's like not. The other one has some anatomical validity. Right. This one is like the Bizarro World version of that, but it fails. The in whole, like, it doesn't go all in for like, I'm just going to go all in and make this look real. The whole reason this one exists is because someone wanted to make knobs into nipples. Like that is the whole joke. Like the problem I have with this is it this also looks like half of the robots on Futurama. <laughs> like just with, yeah, with it looks like eyes and a mouth. Eyes and a mouth. And a and a chin beard. Yeah. <laughs> like this could very easily be a member of the robot mafia. You know, you just give this a fun paint job and it changes from a naked lady guitar into a very fun cartoon guitar. Yeah. You yeah. make the pick up a nose and you paint a big smiling face on that lower part of the body <laughs> there and you paint big white circles around the nipples and you got yourself a cartoon guitar. But that's what I, that's, I mean, th- there's just, this is weird. This isn't. No, th- yeah, this, this second one is, there's a lot that, and, here that's not appealing. And what I mean by that is like, I don't mean this is weird. Like, why would you make a female figure guitar? It's like, it's weird in that it's not like, it's not like Greek. It's, it's, you can't even, I, what I'm saying is I can't even look at this and be like, all right, like this dude clearly has something wrong with them, but it's technically well executed. Right. Right. The execution is, I mean, there is some execution going on here. You can tell the person it's not their first time working with wood, but it might be their first time working with sculpting a human form. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like the curves of, in terms of guitar curvature, seem like they're properly curved. Uh, but again, this kind of like it almost leans. You can also tell that the body was made by stacking wood to form the shapes and then carved away because the the mm. the face of the breast is so flat. Right. Like they're not working from a very thick piece of wood. They were they were sandwiching wood together to get the shape and then carving roundness around it. And I'm not saying that breasts don't lay flat like that. 
because they certainly can, but it, you can tell w- what happened with the construction here. You know, there's yeah. just, there's a ways that, that it's well, con- and, and things are connecting that feels and odd. That's what I mean, this is almost like uh, that's why I feel like it, this leans Picasso. Like it's, it leans into this, this thing where it's a skewed perception, but it doesn't go all in. And, you know, part of what makes you're saying it should go more abstract. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, it starts to, it, this almost starts like this kind of leans abstract, but because it doesn't go all in, then it fails. Also, it's got a fender, like a new Porter or something acoustic neck on it, which is interesting. Where the other one is clearly like a fully custom piece. Yeah. It's 1,500 pounds. We don't know what they want for the other one with the flat boobies. Uh, It's in a pawn shop. It's in some kind of shop. So they probably want 1,500 pounds too. But if if you offer 450 bucks, then you can go out the door with it because whatever. Looking at this pawn shop, you've got that thing. You've got some kind of butterscotch telly. You've got a flying V. You've got a Jackson weird yeah. shaped Jackson thing. Some sort of ESP LTD thing back there. Yeah. Which one of these would you would you really want? <laughs> I kind of I kind of kind of like that Jackson. Jackson's got a neat look. I. It's hard for me to say with without seeing everything full bodied. This is the body episode. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I don't know, man. Yeah, probably. You know, those that, that those Jacksons do have like a really funky, extreme shape to them. But there's something about that ESP poking out back there, like the um, the Explorer sh- like take ESP LTD. Sort oh of thing. yeah, that it's thing looks kind of cool. Speaking to me in the moment, we're talking about very fragmented pieces of guitar we're seeing at the edges of this photo <laughs> here. Now, that's how boring this breasted guitar. If you make a guitar with breasts on it. And as boring, you've done something very wrong. Yeah, good grief, man. <laughs> All right, tell us about the song so we can uh, get out of here. First, we're going to do some housekeeping. Uh, housekeeping is part of the show where we just say if you want to support the show, you want to help us make this fine content, um, head on <laughs> I'm over to sure about this episode and last episode. com slash 60 cycle humcast where for as little as $1 a month, you can uh, help support the show. Ryan's going to repaint this, maybe. I've actually got a can of paint over there. And I just your, need to find the time on a weekend to do Patreon it. Your Patreon money's uh, paid for that paint. Yeah, it was like 24 bucks. So thanks, Patreons. Yeah, so, uh, so <laughs> now, you know you The Patreons paid for our dinner tonight. Yeah. We like to uh, do takeout on podcast recording nights. It means that myself or my wife don't, don't doesn't have to cook a meal. On podcasting night, which means that uh, we can spend time with the kids before, you know, we start recording a guitar show and stuff like that, which makes life easier for us. Also means that there's food for us to eat every week. We also use that money for travel expenses, for production expenses, buying cameras, buying all sorts of other stuff. There's fees that we have to pay for file hosting and stuff. And the Patreons make that all possible. So huge thanks to all our Patreons, old and new, future and past. If you can't Patreon us and you have to quit, we've never once been angry. We're always understanding. You want to yeah. be our Patreon for a month and then stop? That's beautiful. That's awesome. Thank you. So this, it doesn't have to be a long-term commitment, and we're thankful for everyone that contributes in any way. So let's listen to the song. Yeah, this was sent by Harrison Carlin. It's called Dancing Spirits Entwined. Mm-hmm. 
That's a well-produced little jam there. Yeah, that's cool. That's fun. I like the use of chorus. It really put it into like a uh, like a time mood. Like it felt like you know, like late '90s sort of like vibe. Yeah. You know what we haven't talked about in the last couple episodes? What? We got our first entry for the Unska My Song. Oh yeah, guys! Please send us. You, you, first, you got to record it. Go record a song. A cover song of a ska song, but unska it. We're yeah. doing an unska my song thing. Um, send us your entry before the end of March, and then first week of April, we'll listen to them all. Yeah. Something like that. It's gonna be fun. I'm gonna figure out a prize. We're gonna pick winner, maybe winners. We'll figure that out. So make sure you get on right that. Right now, there's only one entry, so they're gonna win. Guaranteed winner. Do you want to do you want to take your chances to see if you can beat the one entry? Yeah. We'll totally just listen to one song if that's mm-hmm. all we'll get. I mean, we've already got one. That's a success in my book. So yeah, think about that. Go record an unscored song. It's a, just a short book. And uh, you know what? Stay grounded. See ya. Bye everybody.